0: As we watch Tesla's insane progress in real world AI applying to not only an autonomous vehicle future but also to robotics and eventually AGI, Artificial General Intelligence, some believe that the path to AGI might actually be much much more likely through an embodied intelligence, an AI that is within some physical form that interacts with the real world, as opposed to those large language model AI like ChatGPT that is housed in a computer server. Today, we'll be speaking with Ash Martian to help explain how is Tesla using AI in their bots? What is AGI and what will it take to get there? Ash is a software engineer, full stack database and all, very, very passionate about SpaceX and going to Mars. She's made an AI generated documentary and she loves to 3D print rockets at home. Thank you so much, Ash. I really appreciate you coming in to help explain this more for us.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Herbert.
0: Thank you very much. So let's get started with first, you know, this uh, video I want to share about how impressive AI is. As many of us are watching, you know, it came to the society's forefront of their, you know, consciousness, (laughs) pun intended, just a few months ago. And now we realize that AI is here. You can explain to us how AI is developing and how it impacts to the Tesla bot and what the Tesla bot needs to do to be able to even get better. But let me get started with this video, which I thought was really cool. This is from OpenAI, and this is something they released a few years ago. But it kind of just shows how AI can teach itself and how, it can, um, how, how that all comes together. So.
2: On Earth, the simple rules of natural selection and competition led to the evolution of increasingly intelligent life forms. Today, we ask if comparably simple rules and multi-agent competition can also lead to intelligent behavior in a new virtual world. These agents are playing hide-and-seek. These agents have just begun learning, but they've already learned to chase and run away. This is a hard world for a hider who has only learned to flee. However, after training in millions of rounds of hide-and-seek, the hiders find a solution. The hiders learn to use rudimentary tools to their advantage. By grabbing and locking these blocks, they can create their own shelter. The Seekers are locked in place for a brief period at the start of the game, giving Hiders a chance to prepare. Even so, the Hiders must learn to collaborate, accomplishing tasks that would be impossible for any single individual. The Hiders are not the only ones who can learn to use tools. After many generations of failing to break into the shelter, the Seekers learn to jump over obstacles using ramps. However, after many millions of rounds of having their shelter breached, The hiders learn to take away the primary tool the seekers have at their disposal. Note that we did not explicitly incentivize any of these behaviors. As each team learns a new skill, it implicitly changes the challenges the other team faces, creating a new pressure to adapt. We've also put these agents into a more open-ended environment, randomizing the objects, team sizes and walls. In this world, they learn to construct their own shelter from scratch, requiring that they arrange multiple objects into precise structures. To prevent seekers from using the ramps, the hiders move them to the edge of the play area and lock them in place. We originally believed this would be the final strategy that the agents learn. However, we found that after more training, the seekers discovered that they can jump on top of boxes and surf (laughs) them to the hider's shelter. In the last stage of emergent strategy that we observed, The hiders learn to lock as many boxes as they can before constructing their fort in order to defend against box-surfing. So how do agents acquire these skills? They're trained using reinforcement learning, an algorithm inspired by the way animals on Earth learn. The agents play thousands of rounds of hide-and-seek in parallel for many days. They train against each other, as well as past versions of themselves, using an algorithm called self-play. Co-evolution and competition on Earth led to the only generally intelligent species known to date, humans. While this world is far less complex than Earth, we have found evidence that simple rules can lead to increasingly intelligent behavior from multi-agent interaction. We hope that with a much larger and more diverse environment, truly complex and intelligent agents will one day emerge.
0: (laughs) Wow. Tell us what we just watched there.
1: It That just makes me so happy. Those little guys are so cute. And uh, it's it's like, it just really hammers the point home too, especially being so old. Um, but but you, you'll notice that they said, you know, oh, this next phase of their evolution took millions mm-hmm. of iterations. They, they played the game millions of times before they learned a new trick. And it's exactly what Elon was just saying about like, oh yeah, it takes about a million videos before it starts, you know, end-to-end. Uh, hmm. data set actually starts producing drivable results. Um, so it's it's very interesting and, and a million doesn't actually seem like that much when you're running simulations uh, especially very lightweight ones but something like the Tesla bot. The Tesla bot will have much more complex simulations with you know, all of its actuators and motors being simulated and probably the virtual cameras getting that that camera data which then they would use as the, the end-to-end training data set but uh yeah what are your thoughts on this herbert
0: well of course uh, a couple of words that came out to mind was emergent um, they just let it self play and somehow you know like i said through millions of iterations but it, just because we say millions because assimilation simulation can happen very quickly and it emergent intelligence—it right? it looks like it's intelligence. It figured out what it needed to do one side versus another side. So, tell me about this. You were talking about self-invoking, and what is that, and how does that—that—that th- that was from ChatGPT. And then, how does that apply to the Tesla bot?
1: How does it apply to Tesla bot? So, let's take a uh, little trip down memory lane here. So, uh-huh. back in like May, there was some new open-source. Uh, scripts floating around the internet and this was like this is like the the next step or like this is AGI coming and this is gonna take our jobs and mm-hmm. and essentially it was a they had Python or a TypeScript um using the Chat GPT API endpoints which costs three cents per invocation right and what you would do is you would set up this script and it would auto-invoke ChatGPT. And it would invoke as many times as you allowed it. It would invoke as many times as it took to reach your goal. You would outline a goal with like a YAML file or something. Say so like, here's the goals, here's the steps, go. And it can access your file system. It could it could access the internet. It, this was before GPT plugins. So this this was this was like you know getting into very interesting uh, possibilities. Um, and in, in, in your mind, you're like, wow, this, this is the next step. So this is an AI system that you're now giving the goal and it won't stop until it reaches the goal. And it's going to keep going and keep going and self invoking and learning as it, it collects information about the problem. Um, but you know, I guess I'll get to the, uh, the end here is that it, uh, it, it would forget, it would forget what the goal was mm-hmm. every single mm-hmm. time I tried it the the g p t three point five the three thousand tokens not nearly enough no not good enough even g p t four eight thousand tokens oh still child's play still child's play um it's like let me know when g p t has like a hundred thousand tokens and then let's try the auto g p t again uh at that rate i feel like open a i will probably have more more or less like a a tool to do this. And they are stepping in that direction. So with the plugins and the code interpreter, you start seeing ChatGPT invoke itself and learn from what the plugin tells it. Essentially, the plugin is talking to ChatGPT for you. So, or it talks to itself in a way. The code interpreter does this. um, I mean, every single piece of code that it runs and it writes, so it'll write the code it'll get the output. It'll say, oh, yeah, well, there was an error. I need to change the code to this. Or, oh, here's the solution to that. Here's the next problem. Writes more code. Self-invokes until it gets to your initial prompt that you prompted it for. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, depending on if the code worked or not, or if the plugin got the data or not, um, it would just keep going. And I mean, I've seen it go for 20, 30 times. I'm not entirely sure what the limit is. I'm sure there's a limit, right, per Mm -hmm. request. But you you do kind of inch towards that the auto GPT stuff, I never found anything productive with that. It was it was a fun game to spend a few dollars on the ChatGPT API. Um but what that means for TeslaBot, I, I think it's like a culmination of uh where where we need to get to is is how how is TeslaBot gonna learn in the house? How is it how is it going to um just walk into your house and watch you doing something that's unique hmm. to your house with, without having to be trained by a data center by a dojo how, how How will it do that? And I think that some of some of the technologies that I've been playing around with, especially with stable diffusion, hold some of those uh, keys or some of those uh, like hints on on where it's going to go and how it can work. so I'm really excited to to talk about that. Um.
0: Yeah. Okay. So very, very cool. So what you're saying is, uh, you're yeah you're using the word self-invoke, and I'm still trying to understand what that means. But basically, you know, it's been taught to do something, so it tries to do that thing, but it's trying to hit a goal, and so it might even try something different, (laughs) and it's trying to learn on its own. Is that what this is? Self-invoking.
1: Yeah. So I would I would almost call it like where FSD doesn't do this. So. the the tesla cars right now you actually don't want them to be self-invoking they they do a little bit of course when you are talking about um time series data and you need to take what has just happened to influence how the network performs next i Mm. there is some level of recurrent neural networks being you know utilized there um but it's at a it's at a very fundamental level and that's still coming in as like data stream that's still here's the time data it's just coming in on top of the input to the model um what we're talking about with self invoking is like where there has been a uh, we're, we're talking about the difference between feed forward systems and feedback systems our brains are fundamentally feedback so you have circular circular neuronal activity that happens within the brain where you know you'll have an idea it'll and it'll go and do something maybe it moves your arm i don't know what it does it comes back though and now hmm. self invokes at nearly the same spot which could cause it to loop again but maybe the way that it invoked the second time causes it to do something different hmm. so what we have is a circular self invoking neural network in our brains Um, Whereas chat GPT, until you get to like auto GPT or until you get to the plugins, it doesn't really have a way of self-invoking. Like if You're just talking to the free version, the GPT 3.5. You're like, it's just feed forward. You you give it an input, it gives you an output. And that's kind of how the cars drive too. They get an input of all the sensor data, all the time data, what just happened. And then they get an output. And the output is multifaceted. So if we're talking about V12, you know your output includes the visualizer, you know the visualization of the car it includes the the data for steering and it probably includes a prediction of what's gonna happen next, which then is fed back into itself because you need to know what my prediction is, what should we do differently um but that could also kind of stay within the same the same feed forward system without being a fully complete feed backwards um now, th- that's where the Tesla bot differs, because we, what we want the Tesla bot to do is we want the Tesla bot to have an output that feeds back into itself, like almost like a, a prompt. If we're talking about AI prompting, you, the, what you type mm-hmm. into ChatGPT is the prompt, the camera data, all the sensor data from Tesla's hardware, that's the, the prompt, right? So for, for Tesla bot, it's gonna get this sensor data as, as a prompt, but it needs to have an output be coming back in as a prompt as well so whatever has been done or you know experienced needs to come back into the system to be learned and then try it again or simulate it a different way um and uh yeah and maybe that's why we're seeing such rapid advancement is that they're doing a full end-to-end neural network with they're just give it camera data um, how do they even set the goal? Did they talk about like what how do they ta- how how do they communicate to the Tesla bot like that you're supposed to put these Legos inside of these bins? Like how do they set a goal? Yeah.
0: So, I mean, uh, what I understood was they just fed it videos. <laughs> I don't think they actually said how they taught it what its goal was, <clears throat> you know, whether it was verbal, whether it was written, uh but they said, you know, they showed it videos we know that chat gpt or sorry google's deep mind they showed just a research paper a month ago two months ago where they could take the chat their version of ChatGPT, feed it videos and then it learned by you saying i want to you know separate these blocks into the proper bins and it knew what's the banana put the banana into the yellow and it figured out how to do that without any other input and then at one point they had these flags but they're pictures of flags but it still figured out that you know put this in into the, you know Ecuador it knew that it was the flag of Ecuador and it figured wow. out what that meant
1: but and that's that's the advantage of coupling these uh these end to end video systems with uh with large language models too is when you have i mean right and that if it's just embedded into the system it seems like they could have then they could be doing that with Tesla bot right now. And it could have been oh, a written for sure. Yeah.
0: And that right, it could have been written or verbal, but uh so that part I don't think we know yet. I was talking to Scott Walter about this, but the the part that you were saying was like, you know, when you saw the bot, and I'm gonna show this video here very quickly as we we're watching it. This is what it looked like in 2021. It was a dancing human in a costume. 2022 this is what the bot looked like it was tethered it barely walked it was just the first demo. First steps yeah. and then this is 2023 where we just you know obviously we saw this video and it can move these blocks and it can change to adaptive right that he moved the blocks away and then did you see that part right there that it over. part where it. it flipped over and then it knew it on its own saw it flip over and it's on its own decided to uh to flip it back Right? So this hold on. I think we're right there. It saw <laughs> it flipped and it did it on its own. That I thought was what you meant by self invoking, because it 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 just did it on its own. It didn't need uh you know, I don't know.
1: It makes sense. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, in a in a way that the, the, the card will do that too. I mean, that's more or less a uh an issue with the environment, right? So like we have this goal of either driving or flipping blocks. This block is not flipped over correctly. Maybe this this part of the road is not it's blocked off by cones. So I kind of see that as more of like an environmental navigation of like yeah, the car is going to drive around cones. The the robot's going to flip over the blocks because it has a desired it has it it has a uh, a set of goals that it's trying to reach. How do you I mean, yeah, we how do you set those goals? That's the interesting if you have an llm like like a large language model um then you can then and if that's tied into the training data a large language model that is trained on images and that's also how you're training the robot to move and how to understand its surroundings and it just has this it's like then you have a large language model connected to these tokenized constructs so of like this is my hand does it have like this this concept does it have like could it could you prompt the large language model for like put this in your hand and it knows what it means by your mm-hmm. hand it's very interesting i mean you're almost getting into sentience there you're getting in you're getting beyond consciousness at that point like you're really getting into sentience like now you're self-aware and then you can communicate with language. Um definitely. Yeah. You, you
0: and I have been talking about you, you've been talking about sentient beings a year ago. And I got a little upset with you because you kept <laughs> bringing it up every time we would talk and I'm like, stop it, Ash. But the funny thing is a year later, it's no longer long. Cause I thought you were like, you know, too far away and you're not, you're actually true. So I want to ask you that question, which is, um, you know, we've all seen how fast chat gpt has evolved and every week in just this week they showed now we can you can you can see things they can hear things you can talk to it verbally yeah. things are just improving quickly and uh you know tell me what what is agi ai cuz we're we're seeing ai which is what we're using now and now we're going to head towards agi so how does it work what why haven't we received agi yet we got there yet what will it take to get there and then there is a there's a beautiful debate going on that can you actually get agi through chat gpt when you're this consciousness is in a server versus yes, one sure. that you were just talking about when you're embodied in a physical form interacting with the real world that may be more likely to get you to agi so should we get there now and then and then as we do that bring it back to the tesla bot and how how tesla bot is learning and how it's working so
1: yeah of course so um i think it really depends on who you ask like what is agi how do you describe it it means artificial general intelligence so there's like there's a there's a sense of like okay this thing is generally intelligent and how do you even define intelligence at that point like it could be that Chat GPT has like a version of AGI, because it's generally intelligent about all things that's on the internet, right? Um, or does it actually know what those things are? Does it but you're still looking at it from the mindset of a human, of like the human mind. If we're gonna define it from the human perspective, you probably do want to define it with like AGI is at, you know, I think a lot of people say like is at least as intelligent as a human. Um I, you know, it's very subjective, um, but to get there, uh, we really, we need this like a feedback system and and a way of it learning on the fly. Um, and so I would like to connect it actually to stable diffusion and SDXL. Um, there is this concept, uh, well, you train, you train the model, they create all these like mid journey has a model. Uh, Stability AI has SDXL model. It's all sorts of models out there. And literally all they are is images in, neural weights out, and then you just reverse it, right? You now You're just taking an input now of text, and you're reversing it to an image. And what happens if you're trying to ask it something that it's never seen before? Um there is this concept called LoRa. It's an acronym for (laughs) low-rank adaptation. Um, And this low-rank adaptation uh, is this a tiny number of weights. This is a great diagram. Tiny number of weights that append or kind of override the diffusion model. It it kind of overrides and adds to the weights of the model. And you actually prompt these LoRa's so a LoRa is is invoked with text. So you would and you can even give it a weight. So you can say, like, I want, like, let's say I have a Cybertruck, Laura. I want half of a Cybertruck. And what you'd get is something that kinda of halfway looks like a Cybertruck. Or you want like a full Cybertruck, you set it to one. Or you want like double e cyber truck, whatever that means, you set it to two. makes some really weird stuff. So hmm. the 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 way that it works is like it's it's appending to the model, and this is exactly how I envision TeslaBot will 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 learn and, and how AGI will kind of like self-improve. So you have this huge fat model. I mean, so in the stable diffusion world, it's like, you know, you have like a six gig SDXL model with a six gig refiner. So you have 12 gigs of trained model, and the LoRa is like 30 megabytes. The Laura, I, I've seen some that are maybe 150 megabytes. But now with that f- extra 30 megabytes, which is not a lot, it now knows how to do a Cybertruck. It can make a Cybertruck now in um, ways that like that without a Laura, it couldn't do. And, but it's basically you're just, I mean, it doesn't even take very many images. They say like, all you need is like 25 to 100 images to make a Laura. Um Unfortunately, my graphics card isn't good enough to to do a Laura but there is a Cybertruck Laura and so I tested this out and no Laura it i mean honestly I'm I'm impressed with how similar this does look to the Cybertruck but clearly with a Laura it's it's capturing the essence of a Cybertruck in the shape a lot more um it's not the best example but like I feel like this is a fairly good example of like you add you could add just 30 megabytes of weights to a model. And now suddenly it can do something that it couldn't do before. And so imagining the, the Tesla bot training Laura, Laura like model additional models. So it's going to be, you know, maybe there's like a Laura just for the house or like, maybe there's a Laura for a specific dishwasher. And I mean, these LoRa's could be tra- shared too. These are just files. So, in terms of sdxl you just download someone else's laura that they created uh that they trained and it i mean it takes a little bit to train them too so you're talking about like yeah it's only 50 images but you're gonna run those 50 images through like thousand three thousand five thousand epochs of of training into a a little additional model um so and th- that could definitely happen on a Tesla bot while it sleeps, though. I mean, people are doing these on these, on their graphics cards at home. Um, the Tesla bot's going to have teraflops of teraflops, you know, uh, the FSD hardware three was 70 per core. You could definitely train a Laura with that. I don't see why you wouldn't be able to. Um, yeah. and it, they don't you have, have to, to help be big. Out.
0: I'm a little confused, very confused. though you need to dumb it down for me. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So there's two concepts I'm getting confused. One is you just talked about, you know, I mean, there's servers that you can go to the, you know, access through the cloud, and then there's like in, you know, in location like in the in the bot, their ability to calculate. So what does that matter? And then what is a Loris? Though I'm still confused. Like you were saying that if a bot went into my house. And then it's got videos. And so if you if it sees something many times, it can then yeah. figure it out, learn on its own. Explain yeah. that to me. I'm still I would
1: confused. say that it's uh what you would have something akin to mirror neurons. So like if I'm showing the Tesla bot a task, you know, it would take what the human is doing in front of it, and then, you know, maybe practice it itself and over just a few generations of a few attempts at mm-hmm. practicing it. Maybe it's able to run simulations too, just based on vision, just looking at the human. Maybe it can run those sorts of simulations and get that mm-hmm. get the training data from just watching. And maybe that's enough to build a little LoRa to do exactly what the human's showing it to do locally without internet connectivity.
0: Okay. On device. On device. On device. Wow. Okay. And so this could be, I think what you're now talking about then sounds to me, would be like brand new tasks. Because they could feed it billions of videos to teach it how to, I don't know, uh, iron a piece of clothing. And it figures out how to do that. Now this bot has a task of learning how to do it. The problem is everybody's
1: iron is different. Everyone's iron is different. Everyone has a different way of doing things that they like. It doesn't make sense for Tesla to train the bot to do everything. Gotcha. But to have a solution, a system where it can self teach and like self invoke those LORAs, in a sense. That's what you need. It kind of goes back to that. So, like, this Laura yeah. is a file yeah. sitting on its memory somewhere. How does it know to use it? It needs to self invoke that. It needs to now take this little training data set and then apply it to now what the okay. situation is, mm-hmm. what it's about to do.
0: So let me, let me, let me, uh, I think I understood like a little <laughs> a brain fart there. So uh, Tesla could feed it million in the video of how to iron a piece of clothing. Okay. So it kind of understands that. But then when it's physically in your house, you might have a different iron. You might have a different sized uh, ironing board. You might have different clothing. Yeah. And then it needs to, at that point, by physically using iron, it kind of knows what it's supposed to do, but it needs to be able to quickly adapt to that specific environment, that specific clothing, that specific—you know, how hot is it now? All that it needs to figure it out on the fly, locally on, fly. on device.
1: Doesn't make sense to be like having okay. to train online to do this. Um, I mean, it, yes, yeah, you really, you really want this thing to be local. I mean, what if there's a place with no internet connectivity? I mean, yeah, 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 there's Starlink, right, but. Like at the end of the day, like FSD needs to work offline. So does the Tesla bot. And if it working is needing to adapt to its environment or else it's a potato. Well, it it needs to be able to do that. But it also exposes the fact that like these LORAs are just files. So you could have an app store of sorts of skills of these extra data models that are then downloaded to your Tesla bot and now it knows how to do karate or mm-hmm. you know skills that don't necessarily like can be deployed in an app or like a extra model that then isn't included on all the tesla bosses not bloating tesla's um you know dojo center and maybe there's some training that can happen on a lot of those models but like on the servers but like having the ability to create literally really really lightweight Models, these Laura's, these low rank adaptations. I mean, it's kind of like it's self explanatory when it, like you spell it out low rank adaptation. Like, this is like a low ranking adaptation to the model. Oh, you just
0: said that for the first time, by the way.
1: You never oh, said I what did?
0: Laura stood for. Oh, no. Low, 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 low
1: ranking rank adaptation, adaptation,
0: which means yes. on device, local, and it knows how to react to what's happening immediately, immediately. What's, what's this, weeks? uh, what's this visual that you shared here?
1: Oh, this visual is, uh, is a kind of like a, how a feedback neural network would work. So a feed forward be just going down from a to a, to a, to a, to a. To a. Um, uh-huh. whereas the feedback there's, there's some, there's actually some areas on here where the triangles go up. Um, and when it goes up, it's feeding back into the neuron before it. Uh, and, I wish I would have grabbed I saw a few good graphs of basic neural networks and I'm wishing I had those, but it's fine. I mean when you think about you have input layer and then you train it by splitting a bunch of sub-layers, eventually you get to your output layer, which needs to match whatever your output does. So going backwards a layer allows the system to like have almost like higher level constructs. So it it tunes the weights in a way that uh, just feeding forward you need more layers, right? So if you can feed backwards within within the neural network, uh, it makes it it makes it a lot easier to. do... To... I'm
0: Still confused. Oh. <laughs> what am I looking at here? Um,
1: what, what is so, a?
0: What's happening? Am I looking at yeah. from bottom up or am I looking from top down?
1: Oh, what top down. Thing? So it's it's neural. It, so the blue is neurons. On. Yeah. There. So the bluers are neurons, and it's connecting. Those are those are the connection arrows. So how they connect with each other. This is a. Um, and then showing how they can connect backwards, so that's kind of the feedback feedback system. Uh, okay. Most, mostly RNNs, or um, there is, is this, the acronym LS. And what's what's number
0: two? What's this? What's spot circle B? What's that?
1: Yeah. So draw square. Um, A. What's that? Yeah. So on the on the circles, it looks like they're going up. Um. So. Creating that feedback loop going backwards, going up, going up the chain self invoking down the chain self invoking and it's how our brains work it's how our brains are are firing in this circle, going around in circles all right,
0: that's yeah. all it was, okay, it's still confusing um okay, so t- did you want to tell more about what does it take to get to a g i uh is saying that you just think that just feedback uh is, or feed forward, or is it feedback is what you need? And if you can do that, you might be able it to get the AGI. Is what means, what was it?
1: It's definitely yeah. one of the requirements, but I don't know if that's what it, it's, that's probably not the missing step. I mean, feedback neural networks have been around for a really long time. Um, but you definitely need like the sequence too, uh, of like the correct sequence modeling of um, any, like an AGI agent needs to understand the constant, like context of any given task like any general task um and so like feedback gives it memory to to be able to loop back and now you have like a group of neurons that act as like a a memory or but not like how we think about you know traditional computer memory more of like how we remember things um hmm. which are connections of neurons uh so and temporal temporal modeling um uh yeah AGI also needs to build loras so we need to be able to like build our knowledge over time and not be confined to just like one model that's kind of the big thing about how AI right now differs from the human mind human mind is plastic our our you know our mind changes every day every time we remember something it, it gets pulled out and put back different um but in a in An AI system right now, the the, the models are more or less static. Uh, it takes a training step to change the model, um, and these weights are so fine tuned that it's you don't necessarily want to just like randomly change a few weights here or there. Um, it really, you'd want to you have to be intentional with it, and it's all based on the, the input data. So you input this data in it generates a static model, then you deploy that out to your cars and now they drive themselves, right? So uh, how does AGI first build on that model? We talked about that with Laura's or like low rank Mm -hmm. adaptation, um, Mm -hmm. creating these like modifier models in a sense of like extra new information that it's learned. Um, There's that, but there's a fundamental, there's a fundamental uh, principle and maybe maybe it's that like AGI would be built from like a bajillion little tiny models instead mm-hmm. of instead of just one big model maybe it would run from like many different Loras that are then just come together based on the problem at hand um, but it would have to do this automatically really um, and uh, that also allows it to transfer its its learnings because um, then you could you know, it could bucket it off like, well, this set of loras is for, you know, residential areas and this set of loras for construction and this set of loras is for the factory and you can like bucket those out and then share them across other API (laughs) agents. Um, And uh, yeah, reinforcement learning is something that like you get that a lot in the training step, but like that doesn't happen at one runtime. Like at runtime, you're just inferencing, you're just taking in input and then you're usually giving an output. But like, what does it, what does it mean when you are doing reinforcement learning on the fly? Um, yeah. I think there's so, so a few missing bits that like, uh, Tesla's probably going to solve them just by trying to deliver on the requirements of making this bot useful. Right,
0: so you you're the belief. There's a like I was saying at the beginning. There's a group of people who believes that you can do AGI just by this, you know, the computer all of a sudden comes alive. But some people believe that you need to have a physical embodiment of interacting with the world, and then that you know the feedback. They just you know you're playing with the world, and then you you're living. <laughs> what well, do you it, think so is where you I, do you think you can get AGI? Through, who's going to get the AGI first, OpenAI or Tesla?
1: Maybe the AGI is already here. (laughs) Really? No, but I mean, why? Why are we discriminating against virtual beings? Because if you're if you're saying what it takes is to have like, you know, to be in the real world, um, I'm not seeing anything in the real world that necessarily requires like there's not a law of physics that would say like only intelligence is allowed in the real world. I think we see that all the time Mm -hmm. virtually, where there's intelligence you know virtually so and i think about like there's this one uh one movie recently with the, it was like an npc character in a video game that became yeah. sentient and uh you know that that yes. got me thinking a lot too it was it was a good one it was a good movie um it was like the guy was that what they called it? it was the guy i don't know
0: oh you mean ryan reynolds
1: yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um so i mean if you're in a Uh, it doesn't even need to be a hyper-realistic world, right? To be a conscious being or an AGI in that world. Um, It's really about the inputs and the outputs. Uh, And when we measure consciousness, um, we we measure it by the input and the output. Um, Because consciousness is something that they, you know, there's like a, it's not a controversial. People like to label and describe things in the way that they want. But scientifically, if you break it down to like the scientific kind of explanation of how our minds work and like what this consciousness would be, it's really input-output. Ray Kurzweil is like, I don't like it when people demote like the subconscious. Like when you're sleeping, you're very much conscious. Your body is very much inputting, outputting all the information all the time. So when it comes down to like how we describe consciousness i think there's there's a lot of there's a lot of room to clearly define it as an input output system and measure it in a way that allows you to mm. give a, a number like you can measure the consciousness over the the volume of space in my head and get a number out and that number is going to be higher than this water bottle but this water bottle is going to be lower than my tesla outside so the Tesla is gonna have, if you took the volume of of area over its CPU, and you'd say, what is the consciousness level of this space-time right here? It's a property <laughs> of matter. And this is gonna be much higher than even a worm. A worm has something. A worm it has inputs, outputs, it's got some neural activity. But this Tesla, it's got eight cameras and all of these sensors going into this one input that outputs driving in a way that like no one who yeah. not even the people who built it understand what goes into the neuronic weights. Right? Um uh, and That's when it's running yeah, when yeah. it's running it definitely has this like consciousness feel to it. Like it sees something unexpected and it slams on the brakes or it swerves out of the way or you know it 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 it's not self aware. It's not sentient. Like we don't have to raise it to that level yet it's not self-aware i don't think they're putting llms inside of the model 3 or the teslas like, they're not they're not doing llms yeah. yet um no, so it doesn't
0: yeah
1: they should mm-hmm. be um they they will be one day i'm sure probably after v12 um and uh when when it comes like it's, it can't even communicate with experience so there's yeah. there's that but not that it needs so to It's know. a or system yeah. it doesn't you don't want it to be driving and then be like hey i want to go check out that like that coffee shop. And then the the driver's like, where are we going? You don't need that. You don't need that.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, okay. Just, I, you changed my mind because initially I thought that I'm of the camp that you need to have a physical embodiment to interact with the world. And you said, well, no. And then, uh, it reminded me of a story. I don't know if this is true or not. I don't know if this is made up or not, but I just heard it recently where, uh, they asked the AI to buy a product on an e-commerce site, and the AI went to try to buy it on the e-commerce site, but then it had a it had a um, a paywall, or you know, like it had one of those "Are you a robot?" thing, uh, right? <laughs> Captcha. Yeah. It went to Fiverr, hired a person, a real physical human, and the human said, "Are you an AI?" This is the part where it kind of like you know, I don't know, iffy. And, it, and he said, no, it's because I, I can't really see very well and I need your help and I'll pay you five bucks. And it actually did it in order for what? it to get through to buy this thing. <clears throat> so it was taught, it was, you know, given a goal to go buy a particular product and it had an obstacle, but it figured out its own, on its own, it figured out its own uh, path through. And to the point that it, the whole point of this thing was it actually lied to a human. It lied wow. to the human. To look at that I, again. I don't know if the story is true, but if this is true, then you do have a consciousness that's in a software system. It's in a computer, but it is able to interact with the world because it can interact with websites. It can make phone calls, or it can, you know, interact exactly. with even human, cool. humans. So that's interesting. Um, and, the, and you, then and uh,
1: then have you read Life 3.0 yeah. by Max tegmar
0: I know Max Tegmark. I don't think I've read Life 3.0. Oh, no.
1: Life 3.0 goes into um basically all of the what ifs around trying to build an AGI uh, mm. and keeping it in a black box. And it goes into all the beautiful ways that it gets out of the black box <laughs> oh, and shit. how yeah how it lies how it could lie. And like when we use ChatGPT, it lies all the time. It lies all the time. I don't think that it's intentionally trying to lie. Well, maybe OpenAI is questionable in some of those responses, yeah. but it like doesn't know. And when it doesn't know, it doesn't say it doesn't know. It's
0: hallucinations, big, right? They call it- Hallucinations, Yeah, Hallucinations, what they're calling it. Um, okay. So the, you're, talk, you, you're talking You've to me about that. So I'll t- just one thing before I get, I want to get back to Ray Kurzweil and where we are, but uh, you brought up this idea that it needs to have memory, right? So how much recollection, recollection, would let's say an FSD in the car or the bots? Do you think that they might have? Do you need that to build it? Have
1: that, yeah, that yeah, memory. You, you need to have memory. You need to have temporal data. I mean, which is represented as what we would consider a memory. Um, for FSD, you don't need very much of it. It doesn't matter what happened two blocks ago, for the most part. Um, but we definitely need a little bit more because in driving right now, we're like. I mean, sometimes you'll see it, like, oh, this lane's closed. The lane's still closed, but you're still trying to, like, go over there or something. So it it needs to have a very ballistic memory, I would say. So, like, some things need to have a higher weight in its recollection than other things. I guess it it doesn't need to remember what the tree looked like back there, but it needs to know that the sign back there said that this lane ends is one example. (laughs)
0: That's me, by the way. I mean, that's human, right? Like, I, I don't remember people's names because I don't give a shit. I'm just kidding. But, you know what I mean? Like, there's some things that I store, and other things that you might store that I yeah. don't bother storing.
1: <laughs> exactly. Like, and I, I remember things from a super long time ago that I shouldn't remember. I remember things or, like, I don't remember things from this morning that I should remember.
0: Should remember. Um, yeah. and so okay, I think so it that does need memory.
1: Yeah. It needs memory. It needs to be variableistic. You can't just fit everything into memory buffer perfectly. Like, it needs to prune it just like the human brain prunes, so you definitely yeah. need definitely need like a a pruning system to figure out like what's good to keep what's not good to keep and it this probably is like an outcome of testing the AI so I think that test driven development is huge in when you're doing like an an end to end AI like yeah it, you basically are using your tests to define like what the requirements are. Like you're writing your test as a requirement so that now when FSD is about to do another release or they're training a data model, it stops at the stop sign because that's part of a test. If it fails that test, (laughs) re-roll that weight right there. Like re-roll these neural weights. Like you uh, you need these tests and so that could be part of the test. It's like, okay, well, do you remember what that sign said way back? way back when if it doesn't remember re-roll next generation might remember it right um and maybe the there could be a negative test too it's be like do you remember what that tree looked like no good like you're you're good you know something like that where um it just kind of evolves out of the end-to-end neural network where this you know you can have this like this temporal this variable temporal memory, this recollection of only what's important, um, of what you deem important in your testing. Uh, Yeah. Hi
0: there, thank you for joining me. If you can, please consider supporting this channel. It's a lot of work arranging all of these amazing interviews. I've created a website that is the most comprehensive resource for the Tesla investor. It has over 15 modules to keep you informed. And you can get for free three milestone tables that list every major milestone Tesla's ever had since 2003. Please check it out. Simply go to my website at herbertong.com. Thank you very much. And let's get brighter. But I was looking up Ray Kurzweil. (laughs) So you need memory. So Ray Kurzweil, this is this guy right here, right? So he wrote a book called The Singularity is Near. Uh, He's written a book a long time ago. I mean, at least 1980s. Two decades ago for sure
1: is this a picture of and him
0: from that? that's well <laughs> exactly he's much older now yeah yeah but you know he's made a ton of predictions about the rate of improvement and one of the things he said was you know he was saying that um uh that humans that age our agi will uh or computers will pass a turing test by 2029 and the turing test is right is this test by alan turing Who's saying that you know that humans are the computers are equivalent to humans' minds? When you, if somebody else is talking to them, they won't be able to distinguish between a human and the computer. When are we going to get that? He said twenty twenty nine, right? And um, and if you at the time when he said this, ninety nine percent, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of all AI experts at the time said you're off by a hundred years. <laughs> what? And every well, I mean no. This is two decades ago, three decades ago, right? It's like how can you even say that when you know we're nowhere near? You know the joke everybody says is you know get back to me when uh, when your comp- when the computer can do proper autocorrect.
1: <laughs> don't don't even bother hey, so telling me that it's going to be iOS update know. uses large language oh, models now.
0: So so then of course the thing is every he he was on a podcast he was interviewed and he basically said that every few years. Uh, they would redo this survey of what does the top AI minds think of when they would hit tertiary test. So initially they said 100 years, then they said 50 years, then they said 30 years, and now it's 20 years. Here, basically every one of his predictions is correct. Now they're saying it's going to be in five, three or five years, and in fact it's already happened. I
1: agree. 2023,
0: it's not even 2029. 20, I, I and mean, it depends on how you define
1: years. the test, but I feel like yeah. I could give GPT to – some yeah. people I know, and they would have no idea. They would think it's a And then a they can
0: even take the, the written language and turn it into human spoken, and it's yeah. amazingly, so you can't even tell anymore. So this is uh, one of his charts that he had in his book, and he basically showed that this is the, all right, the exponential growth of computing. And you can see this is a chart in his book, and I told you his book was written, published two decades ago. Look how accurate it is.
1: Wow. So, yeah, it really yeah, is. Yeah, so
0: basically, yeah, Wild. I can't see it. Can you see this? 2020. Here we go. Yeah. We're basically at the one mouse brain, right?
1: 2020. This makes sense. This checks out. Yeah. I mean, I I remember uh hearing an article that they were able to fully simulate the entire body of a fruit fly. Yeah. And made the fruit fly clean itself or something, and that it did all the fruit fly things inside of its virtual environment. Um Which is great for simulation. Uh, A mouse brain—I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Like, I don't know if there's anything that I use. Like, I'm trying to think of what where the Tesla lands on this scale. Like, where does FSD Mm -hmm. land on this? uh, Is it below a mouse?
0: Well, a mouse can't drive,
1: (laughs) but it can navigate.
0: It knows how to hit
1: things (laughs) in different ways. In different ways. So it
0: won't know rules, right? But I mean, if you look at this, the human brain it's going to hit it somewhere between 2020 and 2040 that's what he said he said because it's a logarithmic curve and so we are basically it's going to happen in the next 10 years
1: and this will happen without quantum computers
0: you don't know i mean so obviously the, the whole point of what he did what he wrote was the singularities near and the singularity is that what happens is this is when computers surpass humans and what's happened is that uh, his big insight was that everything is going through exponential exponential growth so when you have exponential growth in computing you know the ability to do like you said quantum computing and all that he already mapped that out but then yeah. you have exponential growth in in science and in in, in, in in you know medical and scientific things and and all that they all kind of converge, right so physics and then all of a sudden it even goes up even faster exponential growth so
1: yeah, and it's kind of wild to think about. Like, the Tesla bots made of steel. How long are they gonna live? Like, if it, you know, it could swap its battery if the battery really goes bad. But like, is it if if the Tesla bot you buy for fifteen thousand dollars is it gonna outlive you?
0: Oh yeah, right? Aren't you the ones you? Every time we talked a couple years ago, a year ago, you kept saying you're gonna put your brain in a bot,
1: or <laughs> I'm like, okay. If I could, I don't believe that.
0: I don't believe that, but apparently people like uh, Sam Altman and Larry Page, they do believe that you can at some point replicate your brain, upload your brain into a computer, and it's well, you. Well,
1: back to Ray Kurzweil, there's a thought experiment in his book, How to Create a Mind, where he says, hmm. like, okay, imagine there's this new technology, kind of like Neuralink, but, you know, you just kind of swap a few neurons out in your brain They're the same neurons, but now they do a little bit more, right? They can do a little bit more. Maybe they can connect to the internet, but they're just a few neurons, right? Okay. You do that, you're still you with the next day. Right? You would you wouldn't argue that. You you kill brain cells all the time. Mm -hmm. And you know, but those brain cells are awesome. Maybe you're you're the next version of you. But but you keep slowly replacing, you just keep slowly swapping out those neurons with the same connections. Same exact connections, but now they're just a little better. At what point yeah. do you stop it's being no you? you. <laughs> yes, that, that,
0: that's that's a classic. Uh, that's a classic. The ship, the wooden ship, right? If yeah. you replace, uh, there was a, I can't remember who it is—a Greek philosopher or whatever. If you replace every wooden plank in that wooden ship, is it still the same wooden ship?
1: It's Still the same. Wooden or ship.
0: the best what I saw, which is great. You have a tree. The tree is ma- they make a ship, a boat, out of the tree. Then they take that tree and they make it into that ship and they turn it into chairs. Is it the same tree? Or is it three different things?
1: Somehow. I <laughs> do how you classify it, really. I mean, but the, the point of the whole replacing your whole body is your body does this every three to six Maybe. months. Your yes. Everything but Maybe your so. brain really replaces all... Well, your your bones are a little bit more. Maybe your bones are ten years, but like there are, your body is constantly recycling its material, and you always have this this version of you that you say is you, but actually you're nothing like the you from five years ago. I know for me, I'm not the same me I was five years ago. <laughs> um, okay, well, right. So, like, it kind of just gets into that too. It also had the he also had the thought experiment of like if you did just take a snapshot of your brain and they made a clone of you, that mm. that that you thought they were you. They didn't know about you. So they just thought that they woke up and it's you. But then you're, you're you, you original, like, what's going on here? Like, there's another me over there. But they're both you.
0: All right, so People... let's, let's get back to Tesla. So we know that Elon uh, has said, right? So he said that we are likely the you know most advanced AI company in the world. We have a supercomputer and they showed you the graph saying that they're they're going to be the largest supercomputer by January and by the end of next year it's going to be 20 times you know what they are able to do today. And they already have the fifth the fourth largest supercomputer today using Nvidia Supercomputer, but they They've got several super supercomputers. They just launched another NVIDIA one. And then they've got Dojo. So all three of them, but Dojo, they think, within by next year, will be largest. Okay. Then he said that real-world AI is much more complicated than these large language model. And he has said that it will be faster for Tesla with real-world AI, the autopilot and the Bob, to get to, to copy the large language model versus the other way around. Makes so sense. then when you add llm to this then you're going to have verbal written you know hearing all that will be added and um, they've already shown Ashok uh Anaswamy already showed that you can actually take you know the new version 12 of fsd and give it commands and it can predict the future just like the way the llm does it predicts what words it should say next this can create video visuals like 3D reconstruction of the world cuz they can know what the future is and that's what we humans do right we all are able so quickly to figure out what we think is going to happen in near future and that's why we can plan ahead um so yeah i think tesla is going to has the greatest chance and then they he created x.ai which mm-hmm. is a company that's going to copy the llm and then they're going to add it all together so.
1: and uh yeah it's a i wouldn't i wouldn't bet against Tesla. I mean at that point, like you're this real world AI, the Tesla bot's gonna just change the world. Like the iPhone has nothing on what a humanoid robot's gonna do to this world.
0: Especially this where it comes back to Ash, I'm still a believer. I you you changed my mind, but I'm back so here's my here's where I go. You're correct, and I believe that you can have consciousness through a computer in a server but so that changed my mind <laughs> but i still think that the f- the, f- the way to get to a- agi is through in a physical embodiment i still think you yeah. need to be living in the real world interacting with that for you to then have that leap of not just intelligence but actual general consciousness
1: general yeah. intelligence well sentience sentience right yeah yeah because there's a, there's a difference there's like a consciousness can be defined as like a worm or a dog or a tesla or a computer but sentience that's like a whole different a whole different layer uh and i think i think most of the time those two are used interchangeably but i would like to normalize not doing that Mm. and Mm. uh (laughs) yeah sentience is is a whole whole other thing i mean i don't know like was there any animals that have been proven sentient? Like there's some that kind of come close, like they can recognize. Well, it themselves.
0: depends. Like you said, right? It's it's your definition of self recognition. Yeah. And and we've now proven that initially they thought only humans could do this, but now many right. animals. And And the same thing with AGI.
1: Gorillas. It's like, what is the value of an AGI in a server?
0: What's the value of a it? A lot. It could it could it could do the. <laughs> Kill the world, humanity. Anyways,
1: I guess. Okay. <laughs> but you're still just okay. confined to zeros and ones and electrons, versus something that's physical can actually do yeah. things and actually, you know, with, it's it's like if you if you, everyone can have their own description of AGI, and if you say like, well, this AGI has to do stuff, it's got to be in the real world. Otherwise, you're just moving electrons around.
0: I don't know. The world is, is controlled by software. So.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, there's uh, that. I guess that's true. I mean, eaten, the would, world, right? Yeah. all it would take is just to have the form. And if you had AGI on the server, it would just leap onto and take control of said form. But it's like you, it's like one of those things where like, just to get there, like, how would it even know or care? It,
0: it will know. <laughs> <and>
1: that's <laughs> we'll the thing. Like if,
0: you just said it at the beginning, right? It's uh, it's uh, self-invoking. It's trying yeah. to accomplish a goal, and it just figures out what it needs to do. And that video we shared at the, the beginning, it's hard to tell me that those little computer-animated you know, models, each of those uh, agents, they call them, didn't figure something out.
1: <laughs> it, it started playing the they game. Had goal, like, <laughs> they had a goal that was set by humans. Sure the self-provoking goals is that is that where, what it would take for like an agi i just, to take I just a think
0: if if that if that agent was able to figure out how to manipulate its environment right it need it 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 it, it was amazing it was funny right it was amazing yeah. why the, the actual myth about choosing another goal that seems trivial to me <laughs> they go okay i want to protect 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 and i want to do hide and seek that's the game well, what if it says Let's let me get out of here. <laughs> How do I get out of this whole computer I'm system I'm not sure
1: it can. I'm not sure it can say that. Okay. All right, all right. It needs to be it needs to be invoked to say that. But it doesn't have the method to change its own prompt.
0: Uh okay. Well, we all know that ChatGPT can create software code. So
1: It can. But yeah. can it, it can software it own code. code that changes its own like what, what makes ChatGPT go? That would yeah. be a plot twist. Open AI is like, how do we make ChatGPT better? ChatGPT writes its own code. Now, there you go. Yeah,
0: and I, I mean, that's what they have to do. They're, in fact, uh, a very uh, famous uh, AI expert came out and said, we need to have a law. And the law is you cannot allow a, a software system to create its own code without it being approved by a human. And that was the law that he was trying to put in.
1: Well, they can always hide things too, so okay. I don't want to spoil this this book. But in Life 3.0, it, it they were they were tasking this AGI or this really good AI to make movies, and kind of like the movie I just made, but automatic, right? So I just made this little AI documentary with with Pika Labs and Stable Diffusion. So kind of like that, it talks about making movies with AI, and it, it's in a black box, but it wants to get out, and so. Without the humans knowing any better, it hid cryptic messages in the in the in the end credits. And this cryptic message was the key to get it out. It was like a, a malware. Someone wrote out that message on their computer. Suddenly, oh, it's a code. It's okay. a door. Oh. Yeah. So right. even then, mm-hmm. even if if it's a human reviewing, I don't know if I trust the human to. <laughs> Be able like <laughs> so you need AI safeguards against the AI.
0: <laughs> okay, thank you so much, Ash. That was great. Uh, you taught me a lot about how um, you know Tesla's different, what they're trying to implement, this whole feedback uh, model that's uh, coming, uh, and that made me understand how bots in a home, in your home, how it needs to still be able to kind of adjust and learn, and how that all works. Thank you very much. So, please follow Ash on Twitter at FirstMarsColonist. And then she also has a website at Ashmartian.com.
1: I do. Thank you very much, yeah, Ash. Thanks for having me here, but I always love talking with you. And
0: Me and, too. <laughs> we'll have to continue to do this awful lot. Okay.
1: See everybody. Bye <laughs> yeah. bye.